Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the Batter Up Podcast, episode number four, I believe it is. We're all the way up to here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Radio.com app, a Radio.com exclusive. My name is Will Palachik, a.k.a. Willie P. You can find me on Twitter at Willie P. Style along with Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson. You can find Joe on Twitter at JAPatrick200 and Caleb at ATLJohnson18. We encourage you to send us questions that we might be able to answer for you on the editions of the podcast. First, I introduce my podcast friends. Hello, Joe Patrick. Hello, Willie P. How's it going, man? I'm well, sir, and hello, Mr. Johnson. What's going on? So, from when we last talked, again, we really haven't had a lot happen, although... It's starting to really kind of have a lot of optimism around the actual return to some normalcy. I know that the sports world as a whole got a real jolt of energy with the NFL draft over the weekend. NBA is going to open some facilities by the end of this week, and the NHL is looking for a particular plan. There is nothing yet from the standpoint of baseball, but as we start, Joe, I I think we're probably in the most optimistic realm right now when it comes to actually having a season and having an ability to have uh, baseball come back in some way, shape, or form by the time we hit the summer. Yeah, it's like you can start to kind of feel the winds blowing, right? It's like, And it's not necessarily specific to Major League Baseball, like you said, but you, you're starting to see all these leagues around the country and around the world starting to kind of revamp back up. Uh, I've, I'm obviously a big soccer head, and... Um, the Ital- the head of Italian soccer, those teams will begin training in the middle of this month as well alongside I've, MLS hopes to be training by the middle of May. Same with NWSL. Apparently, women's soccer players have been told that to, to expect to be training by the middle of the month. So um, optimistic signs. I think there are some things that baseball will still need to work through, and obviously we're going to tackle some of those issues like we tend to do on this podcast, <laughs> at least what it's been so far. Um, but I'm hopeful. I don't. I don't know about you guys, but I'm hopeful that like we're going to get something. Caleb, it seems to me that you know you and I were kind of on the more pessimistic side of this whole thing, and not just because I don't want to see baseball, but you know I'm curious to see how this works. I'm curious to see what the model looks like. When do they let fans in? How, how encouraged by you by some of the are you actually by some of the chatter that we've gotten? I mean. I think you have to be encouraged to some extent just because, like we had been talking for the longest time, we were having conversations of, well, hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll have a better idea. Hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll have a better idea. And now that we're starting to see 
things pick back up in, in different areas. And just as far as I know, people have reservations about, you know, states opening things back up. But just seeing that is kind of this, like, testing area of, okay, we'll see how this goes. Uh, and also just the fact of I've listened to, like, Dr. Fauci was on with uh, the Yes Network talking about, you know, his basic assumptions of when things could get back going. And they're starting to to build plans, some of the plans that we've kind of gone through, but they're building plans. They're knocking down the ones that, you know, have too many Swiss cheese holes in them and building something that can maybe be more realistic here, hopefully maybe the start of June. Yeah, I actually heard um, Mark Cuban was on CNBC earlier today, and he was saying that, you know, he expect, expressed some optimism as well. He was saying, like, you know, we want to get this thing revved up as quickly as we can. Obviously, safety comes first, and that will kind of take precedence over any kind of activity that starts. But, you know, hearing him, I've actually listened to a few interviews he's done over the last month or so while we've been through all this because he's kind of entering the political arena. And, you know, obviously, he's a business person, just has interesting insight, I think, on this situation. And he's always been a little bit more, to me, sounding like he's been a little bit more on the pessimistic side in terms of we need to make sure we have our ducks in a row. But it, it, he did sound to me a little bit more optimistic than what I've heard so far. And he did say, you know, don't get it twisted. Like, this is going to be a made-for-TV. Sports will be made for TV. You know, there are not going to be fans, but I think that by now we've kind of all crossed that bridge, right? And we understand Mm -hmm. what to expect when sports do come back. So I I think that, you know, again, like you said, Caleb, there are some things that we still need to kind of wait and see how some things pan out, but it is good to see the wheels just seem to be in motion a little bit. Yeah. And one thing I think that's interesting guys is that you know, even in some of the places that are the most hard hit, like New York, for example, you know, Andrew Cuomo came out this uh, weekend and said that he could envision seeing baseball being played in New York City in the summer. Whether that's with fans or not, I think that remains to be seen. But uh, I think if there's anything that I want to see happen, it's that I don't know if the biodome thing is number one, best for baseball, and number two, best for the fans, because. Once you get in that scenario, it's very, very hard to extract yourself from it. And I think any plan that comes forth, I think, has to begin with it being safe to play baseball inside their home stadiums. Because what makes one home stadium better than another? I I know that trying to control the variables is what we want to try and do as much as we possibly can. And like, like we always say... No, we none of us are epidemiologists, so I, I I do not pretend to have an understanding about you know the virus and the inner workings of how it spreads and things of that nature. But I think you have to be able to ease the concerns of players and ease the concerns of fans too, because I believe that the only way to feasibly actually start the season is get them in a way where you have an opportunity to play baseball inside their home ballparks with the intention of eventually allowing fans to come in, in contact. Yeah. And we've talked about the testing, you know, when we talk, when we, let me, let me step back for a second. When we talk about this, the whole biodome situation that has been proposed by major league baseball or rumored to have been proposed by them, um, 
that is about protecting the players and the people that would be involved with putting on a game, you know, so making sure that players are not infected, coaches, any personnel that would be involved with the broadcast, that kind of thing. And I do think it is interesting. I agree with you, Will, that I don't think that you necessarily need to be quarantined within a certain stadium or a certain physical place, like a hotel or whatever it is. But I do think that you need to have the tests available to make sure continuously, like you're taking a test every day, probably to, you know, every player every day or every, every few days to make sure that you're just not introducing any sort of contamination into it. Uh, And I do think that it is more feasible for baseball to proceed with the, the players and the personnel that would be required already in place at their various stadiums. I think there is a way to do it safely. And I, I, I just think that you can pull that off without her having to jump through all the hoops that would be necessary to do what's been proposed already. One actual piece of baseball news that we got since we last spoke, gentlemen, is uh, the punishment handed down to the Boston Red Sox for their role in the systemic cheating scandal that mainly implicated the Houston Astros because Alex Cora went from Houston to Boston. There was some possible carryover, or at least assumed carryover, and really the the issue kind of boils down to the fact that uh, they kind of pinned this all on the one guy, the video coordinator J.T. Watkins, and outside of that, you know, Boston kind of gets off somewhat scot-free. Uh, number one, how much of this do you believe when it comes to a narrative standpoint? And number two... How does Rob Manfred not come out of this just looking completely poor and weak-willed as a commissioner? Because I, I can't, I can't seem to envision a, a way that this doesn't serve a, as a black eye on his legacy. Are we honestly surprised by any of this? At least I wasn't. When when you hear the name J.T. Watkins, I want to take you to one other person's name. The name is Basil Ellaby. If that name does not, <laughs> if that name does not ring a bell to you, this is the homeless man that was charged with the fires of the I-85 bridge back in, uh, I believe it was 2018. Basil mm-hmm. Ellaby was a ho- he was a homeless man who was apparently doing some drugs underneath the bridge, started a fire in his cart which then caught some other materials on fire, and then the whole bridge burned and collapsed and caused a lot of issues for a lot of people in Atlanta. Now, here's the reason why I bring up Basil's name, is for the pure fact of, are we really just pinning it on a scapegoat? Did we just find a homeless guy? And we were like, (laughs) yeah, let's put it on him, because now we have a face for this thing, we can blame someone. It really won't get anyone in trouble, even though, hey, why were these materials underneath the bridge? You know, all these other questions that we need to be asking about, um, you know, the politics kind of going on around this scenario. But we, we received a face to blame and, you know, there was someone to punish. When it comes to J.T. Watkins, that's what his name is going to go down as. He is the guy who, when you start reading about him, you know, he was like a a, a minor league player in their system. It, he essentially just happened to work his way up into this position. You know, he's finally able to have a job that, that is sustainable, and he's in the major leagues as close as he'll ever get. 
And did he really, did he come to the rest of the Red Sox and be like, hey, guys, let's try this out? No, he's a nobody. No one's going to listen to him. No, I mean, go ahead. It was just the fact, like, yes, this clearly carried over from Houston, and the fact that we're pinning it on this 30-year-old replay operator is just, man, it couldn't get more, he's, just more, ugh. He's, he's yeah. the Chris Carter fall guy, is what he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You I gotta mean, he, have a fall guy. He was, he, was, he was a cog in the machine, you know, and he was the one that was chosen. It was funny when I read the when – I, when the report came out, I don't know why, but the image that stuck in my head immediately after reading it was um, – I'm sure – have you guys seen The Waterboy? Yes. Yes. You're the devil, J.T. Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> J.T. Watkins is the devil! Well, it's the, it's the perfect it's – got a, it's got a nice ring to it, you know? I, it really does, yeah. The, you got to say it like, Watkins! But I, but, I, but I think, you know, I think Manfred, this whole situation has already been a black eye for him. And to me, I don't even know if it really affects it that much. I, I, I just think this whole, the cheating scandal is never going to make any kind of baseball commissioner look good who's overseeing it. You know, Bud Selig, obviously, when the steroid scandal was happening, you know, there were questions about him during that time. And I think that it was always, it's always going to be a difficult situation for Manfred, but he clearly has not handled, handled it well at all. And I think that it almost felt like to me with all of this, um, you know, all of this debate and discussion and new meetings that Manfred has with the, with the coronavirus going on, it just feels like this could be, this was an opportune time to kind of sweep it under the rug, name a scapegoat, and kind of move past it. And I just think that that's going to leave a lot of fans feeling kind of chapped. But here's the here's the difference between the steroid scandal and the cheat the baseball cheating scandal is that the baseball cheating scandal, to this point that we know of, only benefited two teams. There were many more beneficiaries when it comes to the steroid era, including baseball itself. Baseball itself got a lot of goodwill back into the uh into the fans in the fans eyes sure. not necessarily just be based on on anything that happened as far as you know finding out about the steroids but the the actual benefits you know like the the summer of 98 that we got the Maguire Sosa home run chase that brought a lot of fans back to baseball and this is a situation where it's like this doesn't benefit anybody other than two teams and one of them won a world series Honestly, everything the commissioner has done recently, in my personal opinion, has driven fans away. Absolutely. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think it's one of those, you know, what, what the commissioner is trying to do with this ruling is make it go away. I finally, you know, we, we dished out our punishment. Now this thing can finally go away. And the only problem is, is because he went soft on this and we really didn't get a great explanation for why some people received longer suspensions and you know who who we decided to pin things on it's going to stick around versus if you look at the NBA and what Adam Silver did he stepped right into the commissioner's role and had to deal with Donald Sterling and right. he dropped the hammer and everyone immediately was shocked but then as you went on you were Okay, that's where you know, he's going to he's going to stand for something. And I guess that's that's my biggest issue with Major League Baseball and, and Commissioner Rob Manfred right now is I don't know what he stands for because yeah. he's so wishy-washy on on multiple issues. 
One totally. thing that, one, one I, thing that go, go ahead, Joe. I, well, I was just going to say, just to kind of piggyback on that, I, I remember um, when he gave a press conference at the Braves' new spring training facility about <laughs> the Astros, and that yeah. was just like the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, he looked so uncomfortable. He clearly didn't have good answers for the questions that were being asked by the press. And I feel like he still doesn't, but at least now he's like, it's almost like a benefit to him that he has this coronavirus scandal that's like, oh, oh absolutely. Coronavirus scandal, but, uh, you know, this whole coronavirus situation where it's like, oh, this is the perfect time to kind of do a little news dump on the, on the Red Sox. And, you know, let's focus on the thing that everybody is kind of focused on right now. I'm surprised that we haven't seen more ticked off players, quite honestly. Like, I, I understand that, that the the players are probably more tight-knit now than they were, say, when all three of us were growing up, that there's not the adversarial nature of sports that there used to be. And that's always one of the, the greatest old man arguments, like, oh, we, I remember back when people used to hate each other on the other side of the floor, those kind of <laughs> things. I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to make one of those type of old man yells at cloud statements, but I'm surprised we haven't seen more people kind of like Trevor Bauer come out and say, yeah, this is stupid. Throw the book at these guys. Well, I, I will say, you know, I think that they're being protected a little bit by the fact that they don't have to, they don't have media asking them questions. Exactly. Every day. You know, they don't, they don't have, they're not in a clubhouse with reporters coming in asking them how they feel about it. So there's like that little bit of burden. There's that kind of separation where they would have to intentionally go onto Twitter or so they would have to go create their own broadcast of their opinions as to where, you know, after the, after the Astros thing, it was honestly kind of hilarious to me to just like watch all the baseball, all the players, Cody Bellinger, all these guys just ripping on them. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so, you know, I, I think that there is legitimate gripes to be had, obviously, but uh, it, it's just like, they don't want, there's not that, that feed, that not feedback, but just, there's not an easy way for them to broadcast their feelings about it. Do you think the coronavirus um, insulates the Astros and Red Sox from any kind of country justice, if you will, that players might take into their own hands once we actually resume play? Or do you think that there will be some uh, some brand of retaliation taken by some pitchers? I believe it's situational. Will most teams kind of put it behind them and and move on to some extent yeah probably are are the teams in the Astros division probably going to keep it at the forefront of their mind and someone's going to do something I believe you know whoever is the first team to play the Astros might be the one or it might end up you know being the Yankees who were obviously affected by you know the big cheating scandal I don't know. I believe it'll be someone will do something, but will it be as much as what was going on during spring training? Probably not, because at that point, everyone's attention will be just so focused on the fact that we can play baseball games that we're not going to give it the time of day that we would have had we been playing two months ago. That's the thing is I think this whole coronavirus situation has created this environment where when baseball comes back, it's going to have that kind of feel that baseball had when it came back from after 9-11 happened, you know, and it was like this very American, you know, we're, we're reclaiming our pastime kind of feeling. And I think that that's going to kind of overshadow a lot of this, a lot of these kind of 
the, the way that people feel about, especially players feel about this uh, this cheating scandal. But it would be hilarious if, like, that was – it was like, this big, like, you know, American flag thing. You know, they have this big ceremony about baseball finally returning. And then the first Astros guy that comes up to the plate gets thrown out. Like, that yeah. would be hilarious to me. <laughs> be a lot of pageantry involved there. Uh, one thing I, I just want to bring up real quick just because it, it came across uh, while we're recording here. Uh, according to Hawks GM Travis Schlenk, uh, he said this to Sarah Spencer of The Athletic. Uh, the Hawks have received no official word from the league that practice facilities will be allowed to reopen Friday. Even if they had, they would not do so because they want to be cautious and see how the loosened restrictions go. So for those, again, thinking that you know maybe the NBA might be going out and, and being allowed to reopen their facilities – maybe more caution is needed because you know even though some things here in Georgia are reopened it, it's not as if uh, the the leagues themselves have, have taken that step to try and and at least do something in terms of moving towards playing so I, I, don't, I don't know how that how, how that rubs you guys yeah is, I, go ahead go Joe. ahead is this specifically regards to like any players entering the facility at all because I think that there were there was a report Obviously, this if it's coming from Schlink today, that would be more recent and a better yeah. report. But uh, yeah. I, I, what I had heard was that players would be able to come to the facility to get individual treatment or individual workouts um, with like individual supervision, and that there still wouldn't be team exercises going on, but at least the facility would be open for access to the players on the team. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, if that's... yeah, just it just says that uh, that they won't have their facilities open Friday. Okay, they okay. got no word from them, so. Again, I, go ahead, Caleb. I think the the thing is, especially specifically when it comes to Major League Baseball, I believe they're going to be the first to try to come out as far as American sports. Uh, they're they're going to be the first ones to try to come out and play and get something going, only because they have the the backing of hey, let's go look at what's going on in in Taiwan. They're playing over there. They're making it work. How can we mimic sort of what they're doing and and get some games going? You know, spring training, miniature spring training started. Have you guys watched uh, any of those Taiwanese league games at all? I have not, only for the pure fact of I am the kind of person when it comes to sports, I have to be invested into storylines. I have to be invested into players and I'm I don't get that from, uh, you know I don't know anyone over there, and so it's hard for me to get invested and to truly care about the game in the same way. Versus if I'm in a random city that I know has a minor league baseball team and I don't know anybody, but I'll go pop in because it's something new. I don't get that in the same way, uh, being televised. That I I need the storylines and the names to really be interested. I've I've popped on it a, a little bit every, every every so often. I wouldn't say that I was watching it intently. I saw a brawl in one of those games. Really, they had a benches clearing <laughs> brawl, which again, that's amazing. It's huh. not the, when you think about the Asian game, they don't usually do that. If, right? Have, have, any, have any of you guys seen the movie Mr. Baseball? It's been a uh, long time. Long time ago. Yeah. So like, remember in that movie where. Uh, where the the opposing pitcher tipped his hat to say that he didn't throw it at uh, the Tom Selleck character on purpose. That's a real yeah. thing. That that's a <laughs> yeah. real thing. That's that's not <laughs> fake. So like there was an actual like be- benches clearing brouhaha brawl 
in one of these games. And so I'm like, you know what? Baseball's back. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just been like more interested in watching it for just to see how they're doing it, you know, to see kind of what measures they're taking, that kind of thing. Just, I, do, go ahead, uh, Caleb. I just – I don't know that they're doing anything like – I guess some of the things that we've discussed, like they're not doing anything outrageously surprising. They're just kind of, I I feel like a lot of conversations that I've heard, and this comes within states opening back up and and various things of that nature, is there is a lot of people who are just like, yeah, well, let's see what happens. And and unfortunately, I think that's how we're going to go about doing a lot of this. Ready, fire, aim. It's just kind of like, ah. Let's uh, what happens? And then once we get some of the ramifications, that's what we're doing in Georgia. Yeah, no, uh, seriously, <laughs> it, it's I I see that kind of trickling down into sports leagues, which is kind of like uh, let's see what happens. And and you and you know it's going to come with a lot of criticism on the on the side of it. Like anybody, the first team that first league that opens up first is going to get hit hard with criticism. We've talked about that part before. One thing that. Uh, that the pandemic has brought is uh, not just classic games, but but classic baseball movies. Have you seen some of the universal slander that has come about for the movie Bull Durham? Like, like why are people slamming Bull Durham and saying that it's? I somebody really? uh, somebody uh, said, oh, I just I find that movie so cringy. Like, you know, this this cougar lady who's going out and trying to sleep with young players. Like, that's very cringy. I'm like. It's kind of accurate. It's kind of accurate. I've seen it. Have you I've been around Bradley? I've seen it. <laughs> I, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it's just, I mean. And I'm plus, not, it's I'm like, not releasing it's any names or anything like that or it's, anything it's, that you guys don't know, but like, that happens. I mean, it's still classic sports rom-com plot line. You know, it's it's like the, the classic one. I just saw the other day I had on, uh, I think it was MLB Network. I was kind of like heading on mute. And uh, there was a movie called Trouble with the Curve on. Oh yeah, which, yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it was uh, kind of cool. Adams. I just, yeah, I kind of was just like half paying attention, and I would like glance over and see like Justin Timberlake and uh, Amy Adams having a fling or whatever. But at the end, it was cool because it was like the it was the it was at Turner Field, like a Braves prospect mm-hmm. who was like their pitcher going against a Braves prospect or whatever. Which, by the way, it was. So hilarious to me. And here's an issue I have with sports movies. Like, hire consultants and get, like, some player who used to play minor league baseball or something to come in. Oh, yeah, there was a guy a guy uh, who was supposed to be a Braves prospect, like the, their top prospect who was swinging, taking, you know, in the cage, taking cuts. And he's, like, a fat guy. And he's, like, the he's just, like, like turning the bat around his body like a like a someone who plays beer league softball would be. It's like, come on. Those are always the best when it comes to movies. That that is one aspect where I think just because you can you grow up playing sports as fun, that people, actors especially, think they have some of that skill that yeah, oh you know yeah. I know how to throw a ball or I know how to to X Y Z or whatever. Uh, going kind of off that note, it, it just uh, being at the house a lot, you kind of come to terms with I'll watch what I want to watch for a little bit the wife will watch what she wants to watch for a little bit so I've grown to have an appreciation for she's watching uh, One Tree Hill and in there 
Hey now. Yeah. Don't, hey. Don't 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 knock that show. That's a great. That's no, a great I'm boyfriend, actually, girlfriend show. I'm actually that's a great enjo- boyfriend girlfriend show. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I than I thought I was. But one specific thing was just when it comes to to the protagonist of the story is uh, our antagonist of the story is a shooting guard, and he gets moved to to small forward because the protagonist comes in and he becomes the starting shooting guard. And they're having this conflict over, like, my life is over because I had to change positions. And I was like, wait, he's he's still a starter. But that happens so often in <laughs> in, in sports movies that we just totally gloss over, or TV shows too, that we totally gloss over these kinds of things. I think when it comes to Bull Durham that you were talking about, Will, that one just, to me, hasn't aged well because of Kevin Costner. I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Costner in baseball movies, He's, he's a got little, a couple of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's got a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, does. I was going to say, well, you're... <laughs> and I guess I don't find... kind of his. That's kind of his range. That's his yeah, range. <laughs> but I, I, I guess that's what I don't like, because I, I want more of the comedies. I want more of the major league and things like that uh, than I do a real serious, more, more rom than com. And I just, I don't know, I get kind of bored. Been... He's been yeah. ba- he's been baseball architect, baseball field architect. He's been pitcher, and he's been yeah. Catcher. See, see, I think we and he, over. And he's also got all his picks back in the in the NFL draft after trading. Also, uh, Put- that's, that's, that's very he's also, true. He's also, he's also run the most dysfunctional organization in pro football <laughs> in a fantasy. He, movie. he wrote the pick down before weeks before he even had to make it. But yeah, uh, like Field of Dreams, I think that was a little overhyped and. We really. Oh, shut up! <laughs> shut up! I'm sorry. Shut, shut your. I'm sorry. It's shut the your dirty mouth. It's the film critic in me that I just I don't know. I have been to the Field of Dreams in Dyersburg. Yeah, people love it in Major League Baseball. You know, playing the games there, they really take I've, it seriously. Do you do you guys have a favorite baseball movie? Oh, it's got to be Major One League. That- Major League's got to be the the, the the favorite. Uh, I think that's the most technically sound baseball movie. I'm torn between. Don't say summer catch. No. no. There are so many good ones. There, there are lots of good ones to choose from. Uh, well, you threw that one out, and now, now I blanked. It's between Major League and uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Um, Moneyball. Oh, uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah. I like yeah, the Natural. Man. I like uh, For Love of the Game also. Can we, okay, can we? How about how about like our favorite crappy ones? Mine is Angels in the Outfield. Mr. Baseball. A- Angels in the Outfield was one I grew up with. I was actually originally born. Not that I was ever an Angels fan, but I was kind of like that was the first baseball game I ever went to was an Angels game. It can and, happen. Uh, I think that movie came out when I was like right towards the end of me living there. But anyway, great movie, and the cast is incredible. I was about Chris to say Lloyd. You guys, you guys, Matthew McConaughey. You're forgetting That's a right. Disney classic, The Rookie, with Dennis Quaid. It was good. I hated that movie. <laughs> you Actually, know, it's a real what? story. Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. That is yeah. a fantastic baseball movie. Oh, no. I, I the, the one that is the really bad one that I love the most is Little Big League. Little Big League Little is Big my League. favorite. That's the one where See, the, the kid uh, inherits the Minnesota Twins and then yeah. he becomes the manager. He's like this I baseball feel, nerd. 
I felt like Little Big League and Rookie of the Year were like rival baseball movies because they were they both were. kind of in the same time frame. They were both about kids in Major League Baseball and stuff. And I always aired on the or went skewed to, toward the uh, Rookie of the Year side. I, I loved how the manager always called him a different name every time he refers to him. Gardenhoser. Gardenhoser. <laughs> somehow, so somehow this one is escaping me. I, I Rookie of the Year. No, 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 not Rookie of the Year. I'm talking about the one that Will was just talking about. Oh, little, little Big, big league? league? Yeah, Little Big oh, League. You have, it's you have it's to good. Go. You have to see this movie. Worth a watch. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and, say, it, and it has a lot of cameos in it, too, of real baseball. Like, Ken Griffey's in it, Randy mm-hmm. Johnson's in oh. it. Huh. Just a, a little bit before my time, I guess. Ugh. Now, uh, what is your guilty pleasure? Not, not just sports, but like, what's your guilty pleasure show? Like, the show that you'd be embarrassed to admit that you actually like because <laughs> Caleb you mentioned one of mine okay uh it, honestly YOLO I don't care uh back when my sister was in high school she had her wisdom teeth taken out and so she had the entire collection to the Gilmore Girls <gasps> and and constantly went through them <laughs> and so I was stuck watching them with her and she would fall asleep and then have to rewind the episode and so I ended up watching the show a lot, so much so that I'm I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan, and I I don't care, you know, it's whatever. All right, Patrick, go right ahead. Well, in college we had a drinking game to the OC, oh. so I probably have to say the OC. Nice. Um, <laughs> terrible show, but also amazing at the same time. Uh, and then, but now I will say one that I'm not afraid to admit, and I would actually encourage every person to go out and watch this. If you have Amazon Prime Video, you can go out and watch a bunch of seasons. Survivor, great freaking show. No. I never watched. I never Ugh. watched it when I was a kid. You saying that? I bet you don't watch it. You can't, I, I don't. You can't, I, you can't see the face if you're watch, if you're listening to us on the Radio.com app. But my face just cringed. Yeah, I don't do reality fierce. shows. I just can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I love the Bachelor I mean, series. It's your, so. it's, no. it's your, it's your loss. It's your loss. I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid. Survivor is an amazing show. I'm not afraid to admit the Bachelor series. I, I, no. I, I love the Bachelor series. I can that's do, mine. I can do Big Brother, but that's about as far into reality TV that I can stand. I've never watched Big Brother. I've never. I don't really watch any reality TV, so maybe that's one other of the than, reasons why. Other than I the worst reality TV show that there is, <laughs> it is not the it one is, that not. went on for so long. See, everybody who says it's terrible does not watch it, and that's just it's just the evidence is right there in front of me. It's like you fair know, enough, fair enough. You you, you got to give it a shot. I've got Caleb. time. I have time. <laughs> Caleb mentioned one of mine, uh, One Tree Hill. Uh, I watched that. Uh, basically. One Tree Hill and Gossip Girl, both, I watched because there was a uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine who loved both those shows. And the one thing that I, I realized about those shows that are on, like, the CW and WB, they all have insanely beautiful women to look at. And that's just... That's true. I mean, I mean, that's, Fair enough. That, that's, how, that's how you get... That, that's the hook. That's how you who get... Would... That, that's how they get the guy to watch with the girl because they usually put 15s on the show. Who was the um, the actress that kind of became like a model uh, that was in Seventh Heaven? Um, she was like the eldest daughter, I think. Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of past it now. Now, now she's no one really. Knows I was about who to she say is. she's she's married to Justin Timberlake, so doing pretty well. Oh, is she? Yeah. Well, I take it back. Oh. I, I 
I guess she's just removed herself from the uh, from the spotlight. Yeah, I don't no, know. She I, was, I haven't heard her name in years. She but. was in a really good uh, short series show called The Sinner. It was it was pretty interesting on hmm. uh, I want to say like USA Network or something like that. Speaking of sports movies, uh, man who made a cameo in one of those Kevin Costner sports movies that Caleb hates, Vin Scully is home safe, thank goodness, after suffering a fall at his home in Los Angeles. Uh, that I, that would have been if if the coronavirus claimed Vin Scully, I would have just I, I would have been beside myself. Well, thank I, I, goodness he doesn't live in New York. Like that, he could actually like go to a hospital that would like go like get treatment that was safe. Yeah, it's one of those. It's his name and it's Betty White's name that every time I see it trending on Twitter, I yeah. just have that moment of like, please no, no. Yeah. And then I saw it, and I was like, okay, he's okay, we're good. You know, just hey, some sometimes it happens with seniors. They fall, they hurt themselves, but but yeah, thankfully he's okay because he is definitely a national treasure. The best with him, uh, other than the Sandy Koufax no-hitter call, which or the perfect game call, I should say, which if you haven't heard that, the, the final inning of Sandy Koufax's perfect game in 1965, you have to go YouTube that because that is, that is a virtuoso-type performance. Not only that, but also uh, the Kirk Gibson at bat. We always love to talk about that one. But the, the greatest obscure Vin Scully stuff is always when he's uh, – when he's uh, lip reading a uh, manager trying to talk to a uh, an umpire, and he'll instead of saying the bad word, he'll say, "That's fertilizer. That is blanking <laughs> fertilizer." What's well, also just the fact that it constantly makes me jealous that voices like Vince Scully, Don Sutton would be another one that I would kind of throw in that mix of like they just don't make voices like that anymore. Uh, what's his name up in Minnesota that I'm blanking on? John Gordon. Um, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. That was in Major League Baseball. I mean, it was in Major League. Oh, oh, uh, oh Milwaukee. You're thinking of Bob Euchre. Oh, Milwaukee, yeah, Bob yes, yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, just a bit outside. Yeah, but tried, like voice. Tried the corner and missed. Yeah, they just don't make all, voices like that. He was also like just a, a naturally hilarious, was and is still yeah, a naturally yeah, hilarious that's person. definitely true. You do realize he doesn't call games like that necessarily on uh <laughs> like if you actually listen to a brewers game he's he's not that exaggerated as he was in major league but he has that voice and that inflection that just works really well with the game of baseball mm-hmm. rick vaughn gets the starting call today we heard he matured a lot over the winter apparently he's bathing now we really <laughs> went down a rabbit hole today we did it's fine, it's fine. i enjoyed it this yeah definitely that's what this is supposed to be. I have nine topics here. We hit two of them. I mean, like, I don't care. <laughs> that is not a passing hey, grade. You you can't bat a thousand. I say two out of two out of nine. That's uh what? What 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 is that math uh, math majors? That's uh that's almost a fourth. I was about to say that's a it's 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 acceptable in the uh, launch angle era. Yeah. As long as I'm, as long as I'm hitting some home runs, I think we hit some home runs today. I would so, say. We're we're a, a bench roll podcast. Is that where we're at? Batting two for now. We are we are above we are above replacement level. We we are we are a win above replacement is what we are. We have a positive war is what you. Can That's say. good to know. Uh, hey, we should mention that it's going to be a World Series week on Fox Sports South this week, where so we can watch all of the '95 World Series. One game I, a night going through Saturday. It's perfect. I I live tweeted uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. I live tweeted watching the uh, the clincher. 
and you just go, you go back and you you see all those things, including you know how how David Justice ripped the fans in the paper, and then he goes and gets the home run. And I think that performance from Tom Glavin is one of the more I think nationally forgotten pitching performances in a clincher because he you know basically a one hit shutout. I I just from that perspective, I look at that performance. I'm thinking. Show me a better one other than one Braves fans would love to forget and Jack Morris or uh, or a better performance in a clinching uh, game. Uh, it's hard to find one. I would also just like to point out the fact that I'm very thankful that I was not one of those people who, when the pandemic started, rushed out to go watch all these old games because thankfully we're, we're kind of spacing these things out and I didn't go rush to watch uh, all of the World Series games from that 95 World Series. And so now this week, I'm going to just slowly enjoy them day by day on Fox Sports South. Same here. It'll be time for a nice, it'll be 7 o'clock, it'll be time for a drink and, you know, settle in and watch a baseball game. I did watch game one of the World Series, which will air tonight, which is Monday night, um, because they they showed that when they did the Greg Maddox uh, birthday party, uh, <laughs> where they showed all of, some of that, his greatest games. But uh I'm so looking forward to this. That's also one of the last World Series guys that had uh, the split network because uh, they had the baseball network stuff, uh, and they, they split it with oh, ABC that's ABC right. for the, uh, I think, odd game or even games, and then NBC for the even games or, or vice versa, one of the two. I think, I think ABC would have had uh, – ABC had one, four, and five. ABC had two, three, and six. And I think ABC would have had – Game seven, if they uh, if they would have gotten that far, so uh, ABC kind of uh, got somewhat jobbed there at the end because the Braves ended up clinching it in five, in, uh, in six. And was that Al Michaels for them on ABC? Al Michaels, Jim Palmer, and Tim McCarver. In my view, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, watching watching the the Jordan. Oh, what are they calling it? The Last Dance. Watching that and you realize how many legendary calls or just how many classic calls that uh, mm-hmm. that Brett had back in the oh, day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was Brent. just oh, yeah. he he was everywhere. They had Skip Carey on uh, one of those early playoffs. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's it's Michael so strange. Jordan, you know. <laughs> it's like, sir, wrong sport. You know what, what's going on? <laughs> this number twenty three can really shoot it. <laughs> If he hits one there, we can dance in the streets. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong year. I'm sorry. That's not 95. That's 92. They might have to hospitalize Sid Bream. That's That was always my favorite when it came to uh, Skip Carey. I loved I, – my favorite thing about Skip Carey was, like, on a foul ball, it would be like, a fan from Dahlonega comes down with that one. You know, just, like, randomly yeah. making up places. Well, because where... Chip will try to do that now. And yeah, it's uh, – yeah. it's, it's, funny where it's, you realize oh okay getting that from dad i get it there was the, could i mention one other thing there was one other skip carry moment a very specific one that sticks out in my mind forever because i was in the car with my dad and we both just cracked up laughing he was uh he was in the booth with i forget who the the co-commentator was probably either probably don sutton or, i think or pete maybe i don't think it was pete man we were, anyway it was someone who was like um, it's like, man, Skip, I gotta give uh, kudos to the to the stadium concessions, or whatever. I, was like, I just had a uh, a great bowl of black bean soup, and then there was like this long silence over the air, and then Skip just goes, "Let's get this game over in a hurry." <laughs> <laughs> 
just not here for the small talk. There, there, there's one. That, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to bring this one up now. Um, <laughs> the Cardinals were playing a game in New York against the Mets, and this is when I was working in in Missouri, and uh, it was Mike Shannon who was on the call, and Mike goes. I tell you what, guys, they got this big, big, big full moon over left field here at Shea Stadium. I wish you guys back home in Missouri could see this moon. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember things like this. I wish like, you guys could see this big moon. It's, it's, it's this big, big moon. I wish you guys could see that back home in St. Louis. <laughs> we can, Mike. We oh, can. I love it. I've just – I've never been one of those people who – who can just recall things like that. I don't know. I, I've noticed it more recently with, obviously, with our station running CBS Network a lot, that the number of people in Philadelphia and New York who will call in, it'll, you know, it'll be Mike Francesa on, and it'll be, do you remember 1977? It was August 25th. It's just <laughs> yeah. like... Brett you know, Nettles was hitting third. Yeah, you know, yeah, Joe Morgan about... was at the plate, and you know, just yeah. and going through. And do you know who was the pitcher who had a scoreless inning? It was Ron. And, it was Ron. It was Ron Guidry. Yeah, it Guidry. It, and it's one of those that you're just like, how do you remember this? And also, why is now the time to bring it up? But people, people have those. Those uh, what fo- not photographic memories, but just being able to recall things like that. It's like they it had it images. Uh, it was a uh, Ron Guidry. It was uh, nineteen seventy nine. Um. It worries me sometimes because I'm like, look, is it because like I'm a part of the younger generation who we don't have to remember phone numbers and and anything like that because it's all stored in our phones that that That's right. I'm not you retaining exercise information. Exercise your mind, Caleb. Yeah, exercise I'm, your mind. Yes, look, I start is, to that is the reason why I start to worry sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know. Uh, I'm a little mm. concerned because <laughs> I don't remember things like this. I'm gonna utter a dirty word as long if, if if we don't do this uh, <laughs> if we don't end this podcast here. Oh yeah. But uh, I had fun, guys. I uh, hope you guys did as well, and hope you listening at home uh, did as well. Hopefully, we have again more clear answers as to when we'll get baseball back by the next time that we joined you a week from now. But until then, please be sure to subscribe to the Batter Up Podcast. We are found on the Radio.com app and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Willie P. Style, Joe Patrick at J.A. Patrick 200, and Caleb Johnson at ATL Johnson 18. For all of us here from 92.9 The Game, Radio.com, and Batter Up, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.